You know, I think that's sort of why you make art is is to kind of figure out well, why am I interested in this in the first place? And you don't know until you make a picture of it, until you make you know ten variations of that same picture, and something um, reveals itself, and you're like, oh, okay, that's what I was really interested in. You know, I'm really interested in this sort of uh, you know play between you know what is what is put on the surface and also what is not put on the surface. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 134th episode, Timothy Callahan joins me once again to talk about an upcoming exhibition at the William Busta Gallery called Altercations. This exhibition features some collaborative works with Krista Tamarowitz, so we talk about that on the podcast, so stay tuned for that. It opens February 6th in Cleveland. Aside from that, if you're hearing Studio Break for the first time, we want to let you know Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists, and they get interviewed by me. I ask them all sorts of questions. We share these interviews on Studio Break. Again, you can listen right in the default player on the Studio Break website, or you can follow that link to the iTunes store and subscribe to the podcast. It's a great way to catch up on some of the old ones or go through the archive on that homepage. You can do that. Please check us out on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Tumblr, that's studio-break.tumblr. And please tweet us at Studio Break. And now that we have that out of the way, here is our interview with Timothy. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm excited this morning to be joined by Timothy Callahan. How are you? I'm great, thanks. And so what's going on this morning? You're uh, you're in your studio uh, getting ready for a show? It opens uh, next Friday, um, February 6th at uh, the William Busta Gallery. My wife and I, we are showing together for the first time. And uh, the name of the show is Altercations, and there's a collaborative element to it. She's showing, um, I guess what you'd call kimono-inspired garments, silk garments that uh, I painted on. And she kind of deconstructed and sort of, yeah, made these garments. And the garment I used as kind of almost a sketchbook to work out compositions that then became paintings on linen and canvas. So they're part still life, but also very small depth of field still life. So they become more pattern and textile, like the paintings. So so in terms of collaboration, I mean, is this something then that the subjects that you're painting, is that something that's also kind of collaborated on? Because when we had you on initially, we talked about, you know, you... Um, you know, kind of paint, you, you were painting some areas and, and, and things around your studio and kind of from daily life. But, but how did you decide uh, what to, what to paint for, for this show? Well, that, that part was very uh, collaborative as far as like the content we, we were talking about, like she's born and raised in this neighborhood of Cleveland. It's just kind of, it's right on Lake Erie. It's called North Collinwood. I feel like I'm, you know, I've been, I've been in Cleveland close to 20 years so I feel like I'm, you know, a native Cleveland now, but um, it's interesting to see a city or a neighborhood through the eyes of someone who, you know, was born and raised here. You, you, you kind of almost like you're a tourist in your own, your own town or your own city. So the content kind of comes out of this idea of, you know, what are these five things that we need to survive in our little 
part of the world. So we kind of narrowed it down to just like, you know, food, shelter, water, um, work, and culture. And began to kind of look at like surfaces or places or even just uh, images around our neighborhood that would translate well, not only as pattern or textile, but also what I was interested in, which is still life. And I think with any good collaboration, like the artist sort of, the artist you're collaborating with takes you to a place that you wouldn't have gone yourself. And thinking that these would end up being cut up and turned into a garment, you know, I had to think more pattern-like and think about, you know, looking at a still life so close that there's no space, you know, because we weren't really interested in creating space on these. Was there any kind of like um, process that you go through in terms of discussing, I don't know, like what, what kind of arrangements or is that something that was kind of left up to you in terms of? There's just like a few places around where we live that we were really interested in, like um, the lake, the lakefront and the break wall, you know, and how that is an image, a landscape, but also could kind of be this very flat space that would be interesting as a painting and also a textile Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we kind of went around together, sort of, uh, I was doing drawing, she was taking photographs, and you had all this kind of content uh, and images to pull from. And for me, for my part of it, you know, it was nice to work on silk with, with dye because it's like a painter's dream, you know, like the brush is just loaded forever. It just keeps going on. And they're more drawings are more linear than anything because I didn't want to have, um, you know, I didn't want to have too much information or space in it. You want to let like the beauty of silk kind of show for itself. So it, it translated well into what I already do, meaning there's a lot of negative space that is the raw surface that I work on, whether it's paper or canvas or linen. So it translated really well, but it was just me learning a new language of this kind of, you know, painting with uh, dye on silk. And it's you know very temp- temperamental, so <laughs> it doesn't leave a lot of room for mistakes. But the mistakes become kind of uh, when they do happen, pretty beautiful, you know, because they are so um, emphasized. And is it something? Do you have to like like prepare the surface in any way? As far as I know, I don't have you know a very limited knowledge. But my wife Krista Tomorrowitz, she. Um, she comes from fashion and costume backgrounds, so she kind of knew, you know, the, the right materials to use and how to set it, heat set it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll last 400 years, but it'll, it'll last quite a while. So these aren't stretched or, or they're kind of like done like the way that you do a drawing? And then I, I, I'm curious. I'm... Yeah, yeah, they were stretched. They were, were stretched over a stretcher bar. So it was like a big, you know, 40 by 60 um, piece of flat silk that I you know, painted on with like the Sumi ink brushes, like you, so they were just big drawings and I didn't really have to think about a form, you know, and she didn't really want me to think about a form, meaning what she was going to cut it up to. That became like her part, like now how can I make this into uh, a three-dimensional piece, an object, you know, that could be worn, but is just what it is as a um, a three-dimensional um, object that process uh, changes it, you know, in terms of, I guess, where it's a unique challenge to kind of be 
creating this work and then also then kind of collaborating to kind of figure out how it's going to be displayed in this new setting. So, yeah, that's that's actually been the biggest challenge is the display. Well, my dealer, uh, William Busta, he said very early on, he was into the idea, but he said something that I probably didn't take seriously enough at the time. He's like, well, you have to figure out how to fill the volume. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll figure that out. And that's been kind of a nightmare. Like, you know, we kind of reconstituted these uh, mannequins we found in Detroit. And I'm not a sculptor or a three-dimensional person. So it's it's been that part has been the most challenging for me is just thinking about them as objects and how do you display them and how do you display them next to paintings and make this visually connect and make sense but i think uh i think i think we did pretty good yeah and i guess you know something maybe not entirely related but kind of related because again we're talking about this collaboration is you know you you talk about in in what you're writing um you know that you're you kind of see something by by painting um the ordinary you know kind of seeing this i don't know from a new perspective a new angle you talked about how your wife um has been you know, a native and, and lived in Cleveland all her life. Is that something that also kind of informed, um, I guess, the way that you, you saw these places? I mean, were were you kind of changed by by just that experience of being able to collaborate then? Just because maybe there might be places that you hadn't seen in that way, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's been the most interesting part of the process for me is, is to see um, – a city or more specifically like a, a very uh, specific neighborhood in a city through someone who, you know, yeah, again, was born and raised in this neighborhood. So there are things I would never see, you know, without her. And I mean, I think that's the exciting part of, you know, collaboration and the important part of collaboration. I mean, I've always been interested in it as, um, uh, just kind of a healthy studio practice every once in a while to kind of get you out of your your tunnel vision, you know, to work with someone else. And even if it's just like one little painting, you know, like, hey, let's try to make this painting together. It helps you kind of see things that you might have missed. No, I, th- I think that makes total sense. You know, I think a lot of artists will work in, you know, different bodies of work, certainly, right? So, you know, what better way to kind of... Um make you, um, I don't know, reconsider by, by having somebody that that's kind of got an equal say, you know? And I, I kind of feel like, um, I might have accidentally stole a little bit of this idea from you. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. I remember, (laughs) well, I remember you talking on that, uh, bad at sports podcast about an idea you had where other people could kind of create content for you in a way or send you photographs. Am I Remembering that correctly? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was a, a failed uh, Kickstarter attempt that I tried <laughs> it a couple of years ago, yeah. But that stuck with me when I heard that because I've always kind of loved that idea of like, what if someone created content for me, you know? like And like I had to respond to this idea. And we did it in a collaborative way, but she was the driving force of the images and the content. And um, then I could kind of... I don't know, almost loosen up and really just attack these images purely as like visual problems. And that's what I kind of took from when I heard you say that, like how refreshing would that be to not even search out content in a way, you know, I guess it's me being a closet abstract painter or Mm -hmm. something, you know, I still need an image. I still need a picture to make a painting, but I like, I love the idea of, yeah, like someone else kind of, 
coming into that process early on and helping guide the content in a way. When you sit down and, and work on these, then is there like an obligation then to kind of live up to it? You know, because like if you think about it in a way of like somebody's um, kind of providing you at that 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 place of starting, you know, you, maybe you don't have that kind of attachment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting place to be in, you know. Yeah, no, I, I didn't feel any pressure to live up to it, and <clears throat> I think that was also refreshing too because I knew that these didn't have to work as um, flat images, mm-hmm. you know? So so thinking about, like, composition and stuff um, wasn't, wasn't a priority. It was really just about mark-making, you know, knowing, knowing that they would be destroyed. So I didn't feel this pressure to, like, really capture the space or make um, uh, uh, an interesting, engaging composition. I could focus mostly on mark making and um color interactions and you know the the stuff that you know really makes painters excited you know sure sure when you're like zoomed in on like a little area and you're just thinking about um a great brush stroke or a great transition from you know thin to thick kind of well and, and I'm curious too because it seems like that that I that idea of drawing is something that's so I don't know, ingrained in all the other work. It's, it's an interesting thing because I'm curious then how you wind up building, building up these paintings and, you know, certainly how these ones might be different then. I mean, is it something like if you're working, um, are you doing underpaintings? Do you do drawing and preparation before you start or is it all kind of like immediate? It's pretty immediate. And, and I, the way I've always kind of kept it immediate is to do studies. So these became studies for my paintings and then they have this second life once she cuts them up and makes an object out of them, a garment out of them. You know, so this it just became a very expensive sketchbook, you know, working with silk. Well, and, and I'm curious then, too, I mean, like, in terms of that process, I mean, you know, you're doing, like, preliminary works. Um, are, are these super short then? Most of them were done in one, one sitting. And we did two of each, you know, and I have to – I don't know, like, which ones worked out better, but we did two of each, and I would just kind of repeat the same thing I did, knowing that things are going to change through the process. And, you know, the second one sometimes was uh, visually stronger but maybe wasn't as loose and didn't have as good mark making. But through that process of, you know, making this image twice and then you're like, now I'm going to make it on canvas or linen – you just had this sort of uh, muscle memory built up, you know, where when you when I went to make a painting out of it, I've done it twice. I've done the kind of compositional strategies, the mark making. I know what I want to do. So the paintings felt even more immediate than maybe they have in the past because there wasn't a lot of uh, underdrawing or underpainting on them. And then, of course, you kind of can figure out, like, I don't know if there's little, like, you want to crop it slightly differently or you want to change the format, maybe. I mean, are those things that come into play, too, as you're kind of working through this process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to, like, get an idea, you know, like walking into an opening, you know, like kind of getting an idea of what to expect, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, we've seen them together in the studio. We haven't seen them together in the gallery. So that's that'll be, like the final chapter, which happens, you know, in a couple days here. And, and that'll be like a, a third 
stage of collaboration. Like, you know, I don't want her dresses in front of my paintings. <laughs> I want people to look at my paintings. And that's kind of like where the title came from, you know, altercations is like this sort of noisy public argument. And I, I think there's a lot of that, you know, in a collaboration. You're kind of, you know, fighting in a way. You're fighting in public in this very kind of healthy, beautiful way. And um, so I'm, I, I can't answer that question yet, how, how it's going to look. I, I have many different ideas in my head of how people will move through the space and be aware of this body, you know, this object that's their size, and then also be able to look at a flat image that is completely different, but the same same content, the same mark making, the same hand. So are the, are the materials then also like very similar then in terms of um, like the silk that you're painting on? Are the, are the paintings on silk then too? No, those, those are on what, you know, I usually work on, which is canvas and linen and, you know, they, they sort of have um, a sa- the same kind of ratio of like, you know, positive to negative space in the sense of, you know, what is painted and what is left you know, just the raw material of canvas and linen. And is that something that changed like specifically for this? And, you know, again, you're so prolific, you got so many different paintings and you're kind of able to, you know, move from landscapes to still lives, to interiors, to portraits. Is that something that you notice when you, you know, maybe, you know, spend a couple, spend some months, you know, starting a new body work? I mean, do you kind of notice these little minute kind of little shifts or habits or? I, you know, I think, like maybe most artists, I, I notice them after, you know, after mm-hmm. the audio work is completed. And, you know, I think that's sort of why you make art is, is to kind of figure out, well, why am I interested in this in the first place? And you don't know until you make a picture of it, until you make, you know, 10 variations of that same picture and something um, reveals itself. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what I was really interested in. Right. You know, I'm really interested in this sort of, uh, you know, play between, you know, what is, what is, put on the surface and also what is not put on the surface, you know, what, how much of the raw material is, is showing through. So, yeah, I think this collaboration kind of helps me realize why for so long I've been interested in leaving so much of the material shown, you know, is that something too, where this, maybe makes you think of other things that you might work on in terms of future, future paintings, exotic uh, materials that you're maybe a little bit more reluctant to try before, but now you're kind of like, huh? It's yeah, it's been really, um, really interesting. I think the last time we talked on this podcast, we were talking about the idea of just sort of how work on paper and work on canvas and they do have a different feel. And I think the different feel comes from, you know, working on, paper with more water-based materials, you know, that brush stroke just goes much further. You don't have that resistance. So you get even more of a like shorthand and silk is, you know, even more so than paper, like the, the, the dye just starts getting absorbed and like you've only dipped the brush once and you just keep going forever, which is, you know, such a gratifying kind of experience to see yeah, it's it's almost like maybe in film, you know, like when you see like a great scene that's like, you know, hasn't been made a cut in 30 seconds, you know, it's just choreographed in this sort of way and the camera moves and I don't know, it's, it's kind of akin to that maybe. In terms of kind of making one of these images, 
do you wind up like doing an underpainting and acrylic and then and then kind of working over the top of it because again even even maybe some of these longer paintings that you know incorporate all these shadows and things like that i'm curious like how much of it is like wet into wet and and kind of immediate versus something that might be i don't know like a, a layered kind of thing that's built up gradually over a number of sessions they're more immediate. I mean, the, I do most of the, I guess, underpainting, but there's not a lot in acrylic. And as far as like kind of drawing out the composition, I usually draw it just in like, a, you know, like white chalkboard chalk, you know, because it just sort of sits on the surface and gives you an idea of where you want things to begin and end and then just kind of washes away or gets absorbed into the paint um, without like corrupting the integrity of the canvas or linen. And then um, once there is sort of some kind of figure ground relationship, it goes pretty quickly. You know, it goes pretty quickly and I switch to oil. And I switch to oil really just to kind of slow the process down. You know, I, I slow down when I use oil. I like the medium to kind of, um, I guess, I don't know, regulate my pacing in a way. So it's kind of quick drawing with, char- with uh, chalk even quicker underpainting in acrylic to kind of find a finger figure ground relationship. And then uh, very quickly going into oil for those last couple layers, but they aren't like build up in a, I guess, traditional um, layered successive layered oil painting. When you're going from like a, uh, maybe like a small scale to something that's maybe, you know, I don't know, going on like four feet, you know, by four feet. Mm hmm. Is it something, too, where, like, that surface becomes different, I guess, in terms of having, like, an underpainting and, and have it, having this oil paint over the top of it? Because, I don't know, like, again, when something gets that large, you can kind of see, um, I would imagine, just kind of, I don't know, just edges, relationships, like, maybe the way that the underpainting is interacting with the color choices for the oil painting that's over the top of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it does become, I think much more about the edges and drawing, you know? Yeah. I kind of paint like, like a draftsman when I'm on, um, canvas and, um, linen because I'm so, I'm so engaged by the physicality of that surface, you know, and I want that to be a major component or character in the painting is the, 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 the rawness of the the surface I'm working on. I don't, I don't want to hide it. I want to kind of show it as much as possible. So it does, even though I call them paintings and there is they're made by pain, it, it maybe is more of a kind of drawing sensibility. I'm I'm curious then. So with, with, with all this, are you, are you like holding off to, <laughs> to confirm if uh, you're going to be working uh, with uh, Krista again on like a, a new collaboration or, I think we will do this again. I want to do this again. We both want to do this again. But I think it would be interesting to maybe reverse the roles. And what if, you know, we went back to my hometown or to go to a new place, you know, take take the show on the road and go to a new place that we've never, neither of us aren't really familiar with. So it still is about that kind of search for place, you know, and what what does that mean? You know, what what does a place mean to someone? And that, and that's something that you're both, you know, kind of really interested in and invested in, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. In as far as content, yeah, we both, um, and you know, that's probably why we met and fall, fell in love. You know, just right. really interested in a lot of separate things, but just completely different mediums. You know, she's into fashion and music, and you know, 
I'm into painting and trying to maybe find somewhere where they kind of uh, uh, meet. Well, yeah, it's, again, it's like an interesting, I don't know, just like an interesting way to kind of think about, I don't know, just how that can impact, you know, future work and, and, and the way that you can proceed to do it. I mean, you know, for you could take extensive vacations, I guess, in a way to do, you know, research, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be ideal. Certainly, like, you know, making your, yeah, making your vacation your vocation. I don't know, is that like a Mark Twain quote or something? Could be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you take on something like landscape and and place, it's kind of something that's universal. But I think, especially like when people maybe start exploring, it it could be something that maybe... You know, it's kind of more like about this idea of being detached almost or, you know, like certainly in a contemporary sense, you know, maybe like being very detached from these places, whereas you kind of, you know, seem to be very invested in, in place and, you know, being connected to it. I don't know. What what do you think that what is it about that? I mean, is it, is it just something that helps like keep you grounded, helps keep you connected to like those experiences? I mean, why why is that so important to keep, I guess, exploring? I guess, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe I know why it's important to me or us is the fact that we want to have like a sense, I, I guess just searching for a sense of um, history and searching for um, a place to, I don't know, call your own, you know, and identify with. You know, it, it feels like through all the spaces maybe we move through this country, some of them seem a little, you know, a little ubiquitous, a little like uh, no identity. And they probably all have identity, but maybe we just haven't spent enough time there. I'm, I'm not sure why. I don't know how to answer that question. It's a really good question, but I think that's the question I'm I'm always kind of after in why I make art in the first place, because I am interested in what, what does that mean, that sense of place yeah well and, and of course i ask because it's so you know important to myself you know um it makes me wonder too just like maybe if there's like a level of like um you know kind of teen angst you know kind of growing up somewhere and of course it sucks you hate it mm-hmm. but you haven't like chosen it you know i mean there's some there's like an interesting process you know as you're getting older where you you know are much more conscious that you're choosing you know what is important to you so i don't know maybe it's just about trying to make that that an important connection as opposed to just kind of thinking about it as like um I don't know, like a stepping stone wherever you're living I don't know yeah no I, I like yeah I like that you know this yeah you didn't you don't really choose it in a way and then you start to choose it and you kind of want to understand why you're choosing the places to that you live in or 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 hang out in or you know what what kind of place or space really a physical space makes you feel the most comfortable, the most at home. Well, it, it'll be really interesting to kind of hear people, um, or at least, you know, talk to people at the opening and, and kind of gauge reactions and, you know, kind of see how they respond to those same, I guess, ideas, you know, but just present in this, you know, new collaborative kind of experience, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, what excites me the most, I guess, when showing a new body of work is, I mean, you you've been looking at it for so long that you don't even know what it means anymore. Right. <laughs> you know? So to get other people's reactions is, you know, that final stage. And it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, positive or negative reaction. It's just any reaction. Like, well, well tell me what this means. I don't know. Anymore. Right, right. You know, I've worked out for so long. And so how long, just, just out of curiosity then. So how long has this body of work been going on this collaboration? We started it uh, earlier earlier this summer, 
you know, toying around with this idea. So yeah, a good six, seven months. So it'll, it'll be really nice to see it up next week. And, and could you just give us the particulars again? This is uh, at the William Busta Gallery. Yeah, the William Busta Gallery in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and it opens um, next Friday, February 6th. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come back on and, and talk with me. Um, great to hear about the new work. Yes, and maybe next time we can have uh, Krista on to talk about the collaborations. Good luck with the exhibition. Sounds a lot, like a lot of fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks once again to Timothy for joining me. Please check out his website, timothycallahan.com. Again, the exhibition Altercations with Krista Tomorowitz opens at William Busta Gallery February 6th. So go check it out in Cleveland. If you're a new listener, we encourage you to check out all the other episodes of Studio Break. Again, there's a bunch of them. You can go through the archives right on the homepage. Each of the interviews have images of the artist's work, links to their website so you can find out more information, and these lengthy interviews, which you can click and play right there in the default player, or you can follow that link and become a subscriber of Studio Break. Again, it's a great way to stay up to date. Of course, if you like Studio Break and would like to help us out, please leave us some comments and feedback in iTunes. Again, it just helps others that are looking for podcasts to listen to on their commute or maybe in the studio. You can also, of course, share our stuff on Facebook and follow and like our page, so please do that. We provide updates of guests that are coming up, new shows exhibition opportunities, stuff like that. So please like our Facebook page. You can follow our Tumblr account, that's studio-break.tumblr, and send your tweets to at Studio Break on Twitter. We love hearing from uh, listeners, so please get a hold of us, all right? I do want to thank Skylar Mail for providing the music for Studio Break. Again, Skylar is a musician, an artist, and you can check out his work at skylarmail.com. If you'd like to check out my work, you can see some paintings at davidlinway.com. And I do have an exhibition opening February 12th with Hans Habiger. It's called Reconstructed Landscapes, and it's at Moraine Valley Community College right outside of Chicago. Again, that's February 12th. And we'll have Hans on to talk about his new works for the exhibition. So we're excited to have him back on after a long hiatus. All right. Well, hope everyone is out there making this weekend and getting art done. We'll talk to you real soon.